crap. Oh, crap. Well, well, well. Crap on a stick. Hello, listeners, and welcome to another exciting episode of the Tableverse Podcast. My name is Justin, and I will be your Star Lord for this original Starfinder campaign. Playing with me at the table today, we have. Hi, I'm Ali, and I'll be playing Unche, the Rexalite of an unknown class. My name's Connor, and I'll be playing Zimkolf, the Demai Witch Warper. Hi, I'm Quinn, and I'm playing Kaylong, the Draw. I'm JD, I'm playing uh, Charles, the SRO something. Hi, my name is Elaine, and I play Lila, the Android Operative. And joining us in the guest star spot for this episode, we have... Parker, and I play Caster 9, Android Mechanic. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to this special rescue mission edition of the Tableverse podcast. Previously, Lila and Zimkov met Charles, an SRO robot that was shipped to Kriana from a mysterious person known only as Three. No other details were given except for this person's name, and we know that they must be some sort of acquaintance of Kriana. Other than that, we don't know anything. The crew then made their way to Sorted Staffing, a temp agency in Farrakhan. They met four very talented individuals and decided to hire two of them. Keelan, a drow with a very big gun named Bertha, and caster nine who bonded with leela over the fact that they both have replaced limbs they borrowed a tour bus from leela's contact known only as carp and made their way to draka keep where night was beginning to fall there were a lot of spacecraft parked outside of draka keep and there was a large red explosion that illuminated the area all around draka keep as we ended episode 47. And that is where we're going to pick up right now. There's just been this explosion. What would anybody like to do? Uh, Zemkov is going to draw both of his star knives. Wait, I'm so sorry. There's an explosion when we get to draw his keep that we did not set off. You did not set this off. Okay, I'm so sorry. We, we debated throwing, making an explosion at one point. <laughs> I did not know that, but okay. And it's in the sky, correct? Yeah. Can Leela roll perception to figure out if it's fireworks? Absolutely, go for it. 23. As you look up into the sky, Leela, above the keep, you see the fizzling remnants of fireworks. <laughs> you hear a shriek and watch as a green fireball speeds into the sky and then explodes, also illuminating the surrounding area, but this time in a brilliant green color. The celebration of Maddox Manticore and the Day of the Undying is beginning. Oh, that's a relief. I thought it was something else. To the sewer? Yes, actually, I'd like to ask uh, Kiran, our mercenary, if he has... Wait, we do know that um, Maka did give us, like, instructions to the sewer. Is that correct? Maka actually drew out a little map for you right. of the sewers that she think she believes will lead to where Kobak is probably being held. Um, Lila would like to distribute the map to the team. Okay. So everybody has a copy. Done. And how do I figure out where's the best way to get in? Your best way to get in is going to be on the right side of Jiraka Keep. So currently you are in the front, I would say about 100 yards away from the front of Jiraka Keep. Jiraka Keep is a very large castle-like structure. And there are all of these different spacecraft, Akbaru, modes of travel parked outside. 
You don't take a long time to count, but just from glancing uh, across this you know, parking area, there has to be at least more than 100 spacecraft parked out here. I figure we have two options. One, we go to the sewer like we talked about, and we try to describe Kobak as best we can to our new friends so we can find him. The second, we steal a spaceship and we crash it into a wall. It's sort of like, what's it called? Shock and awe? Yes. So shock and awe or sneaky sneaky? Well, I don't see any reason why we we should go all out right now. Uh, Maybe try to stay low-key, maybe incognito. Sneaky sneaky it is. The fancy android is right. We cannot draw too much attention to ourselves. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) I think we remain in the bus and we try and pass ourselves off as um, musicians who have come to play for this festival. (laughs) Yes? Can't we just sneak around the side? Do we have to speak to anybody? Does anyone know how to play an instrument? Does anybody have an instrument? Not me. I sing a little, but uh, nothing other than that. You can be our vocalist, I guess. Um, oh golly, I haven't really performed anything for years. Jeez. Um, I'll Would it make more best. sense to maybe pretend to be the like, caterers? Or I can try to be a host. I'm uh, dressed for the part, I guess. Are there any um? Is there any like security? Situation happening outside? Give me your own perception roll. All right. <laughs> roll them damn dice. Oh, okay. So that's a nine. <laughs> <laughs> a nine. Again, you are almost 100 yards away from the front of Draka Keep, so you can see some lights in the distance, but other than that, you don't get any read on uh, any security that there might be. Would you require Leela to roll another perception check, or can I carry that roll? What was your first one? It was 23. 23, Leela, you look out and your eyes kind of zoom in on the front of Draka Keep. <laughs> and you see that there are a couple of security guards outside uh, the front door and they are checking people in. Uh, there doesn't seem to be like a, a valet service or anything like that. It's just people are walking up to the door, getting checked in before they walk in. Aren't we sneaking to the side though? Yeah, we're going to the sewers, right? I yeah. thought that was the plan. Yeah, okay. We have two options. One is to like try to go around the whole thing and sneak in the sewer, and the other is to like quietly infiltrate. I think those are the two balls in the air right now, and either is fine. We just need to decide. The entrance to the sewers that you described, it's on the inside or outside of the wall? Judging by the map that Maka has given you, it seems it is outside. Okay. Okay, I think that we, we go around the sides. And we hope we escape notice. Try and pass it off as something if anyone asks what we are doing. Maybe make a suggestion? Sure. Maybe just check some of these ships and make sure they're not armed and maybe deactivate any uh, weapons that might be on the ships in case things go terribly, terribly wrong. Or I thought you couldn't fly to Draka's Keep. Just like hovercraft and stuff are out here. Yes, I think this is a good idea, Anshi. Please. So what do I need to, do I need to roll for that or... Um, you could give me an engineering check to see if you think. I would love to give you an engineering check, actually. I'm so glad you asked. To see if any uh, any of these vehicles are armed. Captain, permission to speak. Please. What is the party composition? Uh, well, we have some cool people and some less cool people and some medium... Oh, no, sorry. Um, we have uh, an android, a Raxalite, a Demai, a Drow, and a second android. You have listed races, perhaps a profession. I'm a mercenary. A mercenary is your profession? Yes. So uh, if we want to do infiltrating, I believe the best way we can do it is kind of like a surgical type thing. We get in real quiet like, find out how we can free this old boy and how to get him out without being seen. I agree, Kilan. 
Great, so Zimkov's going to get off the bus and start walking around to the right. And anyway, that engineering check was a 28. (laughs) Engineering check of 28. Uh, You look around and you see that there are a few of the hovercraft are armed with uh, little blasters. No one is in these hovercraft. They've already left their vehicles. And she will those be a problem. It might be if they come back out here to get them. So I'm just going to go ahead and uh, disable them real quick. Yeah, that happens. And that happens. Anchi climbs up and her little wire tendrils, you know, attach and there's a couple of sparks like on, on, on the couple of blasters and uh, they're deactivated. Well, that's great. But what we need to make sure is that we're not getting caught by all these vests that's walking around in these halls. What do you suggest, Kilon? We got to play it low. Keep it quiet. We cannot handle any of these enforcers and we definitely don't want to deal with Jar. Why not? <laughs> Him also. So can they begin, like, sneaking along, like, a ridgeline, like, undercover to the entrance? The hovercraft and the, uh, the speeder bikes are already providing a lot of cover. So you're able to make most of the way about 70 yards just by ducking behind all of these uh, parked uh, spacecraft. The issue comes when you get to the last 30 yards. The last 30 yards between the last parked hovercraft and the edge of Draka Keep is open. There's nothing there but dirt. Has the sun set yet? The sun is uh, just rolling over the hills. Give it another five minutes and it will be set. I say we wait the quick five minutes and then... And then we go. Head in under the cover of darkness. Mm -hmm. Agreed. And everybody maybe turn down your glowing suit. I might need to change my tuxedo then. Kind of Maybe turn it inside out or something. Oh, that works. (laughs) I think. (laughs) I know it, it looks nice, and I don't know if it'll ruin the structure, but this is sort of like... I have plenty different costumes. Don't you worry about it. I'm just going to go out on limb and say being dead will really mess up the outfit. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> My uncle Leonard, he had one tuxedo. He never took care of it, and then he dies. You know, you bury him in tuxedo, and just he meets the maker looking like a schlep. Right. So they wait five minutes. The five minutes pass. The last rays of sunlight disappear behind the horizon okay one at a time leela will go first leela give me a stealth check 25 25 zemkov you look over to say something to leela and she's gone yeah and you look all around you oh no they've got her (laughs) what have they done with her it was that juleskia (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> and you look over and Leela's already behind the corner of Jiraka Keep. Who would like to go out next? There are still vest guards in the front, yeah? There are vest guards in the front, yeah. Are we in their, their eye line? Yes. Could I possibly distract them by speaking vest to them? Just going up and having a pleasant conversation. Could always try. Oh, of course. So, Castor is going to adjust his bow tie and uh, sort of, you know how you try to like seem confident as you're walking and but you just seem really stiff and just like your shoulders are just <laughs> just like down but still <laughs> rigid absolutely he's just kind of and the, his arms are kind of moving slightly to the side not really <laughs> it's just like do 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 it reminds me of jude law from ai <laughs> oh gosh i actually don't remember that movie too much sex robot most people don't he's a sex robot and he's like smooth but he walks funny because he's a robot he's like, oh. hey joe what do you know <laughs> Caster 9 approaches these uh, two vest guards. They're both uh, dressed in armor, adorned with the uh, sigil of the Manticore family. One of them turns to you, and he's got a data pad in his hand, and he seems over it. And he <laughs> says, mm, Who are you? Oh, uh, 
Uh, my name is uh, Caster9. I'm here to do some uh, repairs on uh, your. Uh, uh, oh, um, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, I'm here to do some repairs on your um, laundry facilities. Caster9. Caster9. He's looking through his list. He's just hoping everyone's just like going and go, like going around the corner right now. He's just improvising. So while this is happening, who's going to try to uh, make the leap? Okay, Keelan will go next. Keelan, give me a stealth check. A four. Oh, boy. I think there's something extra to it. Let me see. So it's a four on the die. Four on the die. Okay. Well, she's taking forever to pull up. If I'm not mistaken, I think I have a negative two on my stealth. Oh, good. Okay. I hate that I started looking at this stuff. Would he get a circumstance bonus for my clever distraction? That's true because it's not like they're like fully paying he attention. He just may, but let's find out what the full roll yeah, is. It's taking forever to open up. I don't know why. Uh, Caster nine, give me a bluff while he's uh, while he's doing that. Ten. Ten. And Keelan, what are you looking at over there? It's still not coming up. Oh my lordy! In the meantime, Charles immediately follows Leela. Oh my god! God damn it! I rolled a total of ten. Ah! So Leela, you watch as. Charles deftly runs across the 30-yard expanse. He doesn't run. Oh. He just walks long strides. Saunters over. (laughs) And the whole time you're like, come on, come, move, move. Oh, my God, go, go. And he's just stepping. Kind of like RoboCop. (laughs) Oh, my God. When he sees everyone failing so spectacularly, Zemkov (laughs) is going to cast Ghost Sound. Oh. On the other side of the two guards. Like, if we're going around the right, he want to... Oh, my God. I on love the you. left. What's the sound? Like a... Just something that you're like, what? Okay. Caster 9, you see as uh, one of the guards, the one that's not talking to you, looks over there and goes, what? Hey, I'm going to go check this out. And the one looking at you says, okay, we'll go. All right. So that one walks off. Uh, the one is still looking for your name. And he says, well, we'll get back to that. Onchi. Onchi is going to cast Unseen Servant. Ooh. What's that? You're about to find find out. out. What's that look like? Well, you don't see it. (laughs) (laughs) It's unseen. Ah. Because it's unseen. Plus 25 experience. (laughs) (laughs) Hold on, let me put that in my notes so I don't forget later. So Unseen Servant is an invisible force that obeys your command. Do I need to name it? Or it would be polite, I think. <laughs> I what up? Yeah, okay, fine. Do I have to like call it or like how do I do it? However, Anchi does her magic. That's how you do it. Okay, so Anchi is going to clap her her actual hands together, just like a little. Uh, you could be a be a deer, and uh, just go and uh, see that the visk the visk guide that's over there talking to a uh, Kester Nine, and just uh, take the uh, the didipid. And knock it out of his hands just hard enough to smash it on the ground. Thank you. Erpua, unseen and unheard, <laughs> walks over to the guard. And Caster 9, the guard says, Yeah, you know, uh, you're not on the list, but my undergarments have not been cleaned in weeks. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. Well, that that's why they called me, because you've heard that down there, and uh, we really got to get that fixed, you know? <laughs> Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm-hmm. You're a dream come true. Oh. Anyway, go on in. And as he says that, on the data pad. Oh. What was that? Golly. I, wow. I'm, I'm so, oh. I guess I'll just go in. Sorry. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> as you're walking away, another <laughs> on the data pad. What's going on here? 
And Caster 9 is now walking into Draka Keep. And he gives a sigh of relief. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Golly. So I think that leaves. Oh, I have it now, finally. Okay, Keelan, what are you sitting on over there? <laughs> my stealth is negative three. <laughs> so glad I waited for that. Oh, my God. Keelan starts to sprint and immediately trips. And as he's on his way towards the ground, he thinks to himself, damn it, Juleskia. <laughs> <laughs> Eddie hits the ground. Bertha falls out of his hands and clatters out in front of him. Keelan, what do you do? Anchi, you're still over there too. What would you like to do? Wait, so Keelan just fell down in front of me? That's what Keelan happened? Keelan just fell down in front of you. He is laying down in full view of the guards, and his weapon has hit the ground and rolled a little bit in front of him. And the distance from where we are to like the gate of the sewers is how much? 30 feet? It would be probably like another 60 feet. It's not too far. No, I'm talking about the gap. The gap between Keelan and you, or you and the sewer? Me and the sewer. 60 feet. Keelan, you are on the ground looking at 30 yards till you get to the safety that is the other side of that wall. <laughs> uh, the, the, the semi cough works. Terminator. <laughs> I heard you got some big old rats. No one has seen you yet. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> then who's looking at me? I'm just saying, like, you're within view. If he were to turn... Just get up. Okay, just then I'm going to get, get up. Get up. Get up. <laughs> Sneak on. That's not what was was implied to me. Okay, <laughs> I get up and I grab the gun, the cannon, uh-huh. and I try to keep going. Okay. You stumble up, fumble to get Bertha into your hands, and you think, Where'd surely... Where'd the fumble come from? Where'd the f- I didn't have to fumble. You're fumbling to get it oh, into your hands. I, I think he's you been... you just fell down. I feel like he's been clumsy enough i think he can just pick up the cannon <laughs> not with a one keep going justin keep going. <laughs> first you make me think i've been seen and i haven't been seen okay i fumble the cannon you and i fumble pick it with up. the cannon it falls on the ground again with a loud thud you freeze hunched over trying to pick up this weapon and you turn towards where the guard is he's still looking at his data pen he hasn't seen you at all <laughs> i hate you <laughs> I hate you so much. You pick up Bertha and quickly make your way to the side of the wall. Wait, wait, wait for me, little legs, little legs. <laughs> Please wait. And then Anji just kind of like scurries after Keelan and then kind of climbs up and just holds onto his back. <laughs> that happens because that's too adorable. <laughs> Nobody asked me. I also want to underline that this is a repeat moment of Quib under yes. Kobox's uh, robe. robe. Yes. At Haxton. Similar visuals. Rhyming. <laughs> Now, all of you have made it to the side of the wall. You have evaded detection from the guards. They rolled, what did they roll? They rolled a five for the <laughs> perception. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And Caster 9 has headed into Draka Keep. What would everybody like to do now? So I'm going to, I'm going to beep, beep. Caster here. I've actually walked through the front door. I wasn't really expecting that, but here I am. Uh, how's everyone doing? How are you? Genius. Goodbye. <laughs> oh my god, really? Yeah, due to our involvement. It's fine. Oh, well, Kobach's involvement. Oh, yeah. yeah. Blame no, it on Kobach. That's Kobach's. facts. Spoilers, spoilers. Oh, my love killed him. Okay, so we entered the sewer. 
the five of you that are outside, you make your way 60 feet along the wall and you do find um, a sewer grate on the ground. Charles and Leela are able to lift it with no problems and then everybody else jumps in. When you land in the sewer, you are looking at some like cobblestone corridors underground. There is flowing water. You are standing in water that is about two feet deep. So it's kind of hard to maneuver down here. All of these corridors are illuminated with uh, what look like work lights, almost like if you were in a mine, look like work lights. And there you hear the sound of flowing water. There is a path in front of you, and then there is a path going to the left. The water is as tall as me, so I'm going to need to continue to stay on Quilon, just for the record. Have we even met? I'm sure on the way here, we exchange names. Give me your marching order. Leela's in front. Yeah, and then I'll go behind Leela. And I'm with you. Zemkov will pull up the rear. I'm heading towards the kitchen, so I have no idea where I'd be. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be next to Leela. This is the map that Maka drew out for you. The area to the top left of the map is where she thinks is going to be right under the dungeons. What are the sewer walls like? The sewer walls are made of cobblestone. So it's like a nice sewer. It's a nice-ish sewer. And uh, in between the stones, there are, you know, there's moss growing. There's a little bit of uh, slime. And then northwest from where we are is where we think we'll be under the dungeons. Yes. Okay. Um, so I think we want to go to the left. I assume we don't want to, like, explore the sewers to see what treasures it may hold. <laughs> Not today. <laughs> You're finding that it's very hard to walk through this this uh, high water. So this is difficult terrain. So you can move at half your movement speed. So if regularly you can move 30 feet, now you can only move 15. I would like to try something. What would you like to try? Urzemkov has low light vision. Mm -hmm. I think this would be like a survival check to see if he can find like more sure footing. Okay. Yeah. Give me a survival roll. 30. 30. Wow, you guys get a lot of high rolls today. When I'm underground, mm -hmm. I get a bonus. Mm, with a 30 on a survival check, Zemkov looks around and he doesn't find any better footing, but what he does find is a, a valve. And he thinks maybe that does something. Do you turn it? Um, I mean, let's go ahead and do an engineering check. Go for it. So I got a seven, but I do have low light vision, so maybe it's higher than that because I can see instructions perhaps next to it. A seven for your engineering check. You turn to the rest of the gang and you say, look, I have found Valve. <laughs> so you're welcome, team. Is that Glowbuck? <laughs> <laughs> Who can say? Uh, okay, uh, perhaps, uh, Anshi, you are very experienced in engineering, no? Yes. Perhaps you'd like to turn this valve. What? <laughs> Did you already turn it? Uh, I thought you said this is a valve. It is, but it, I could have turned it. She's very <laughs> experienced in engineering. Is Zemkov very experienced in engineering? No. So? More investigation. In what regard? As to what it does. Okay, fine. Fine, fine, fine. Could Anshi please roll an engineering check perhaps to see what it might do? Or we could just move on. Like, I don't know if it's important. Let's investigate. I will roll an engineering check. All right. Well, first, before we do that, um, it's pretty dark in here, so I'm going to go ahead and kiss Dancing Lights. Oh. Gives a little illumination. Four little lights kind of appear and 
hover right around the valve so that we can have a better sight of what's going on. As soon as you cast Dancing Lights, everyone can see that there are uh, two crab-like creatures next to the valve that skitter and scurry away. Remember them for later? That might be lunch. Charles, I don't suppose you recognize those crabs? I was just about to ask, can I roll life science to find out what they are? 18. 18. Charles scans the little crab-like creatures as they scurry away. He checks his data banks, and he can see that those are small Kefix. Kefix. Kefix, he knows from searching his data banks, that uh, they are small vermin that were used in junkyards to consume metal material to dispose of it. <laughs> he might be very familiar with these things. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They are meant to dispose of metal material. Interesting. Any known weaknesses? Squishing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe they can help us. Uh, One second. And uh, Unchi's going to use her uh, Wildwise augmentation, an augmentation on her vocal cords that allows her to communicate with animals. Oh, shit. What are you? (laughs) I'm so confused. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if I do I have to like do anything to do that or. Well, is that a role? Is that just an ability that you have? It's an augmentation that I have. Okay. So I don't. Let me actually let me look it up. It's requiring some devices that control plugged into your nervous system. You can turn them on or off as a standard action. So I think it just works. Okay, cool. So you uh, you try to communicate with these crabs. What do you say as they are scurrying away? Uh, hello, friends. Friends, but before you go, can you come back? Uh, friend, not foe. Excuse me. Give me a diplomacy check. Damn. I did not expect this to happen when I signed up for this. <laughs> Speaking to crabs. What's next? It's a 14. A 13. The 14. A 14. Old enough to be tried as an adult, apparently. <laughs> oh. It's a very topical <laughs> reference. On a 14, the little crab-like Kefex, they continue to scurry away from you, but you hear them shouting, Mommy, 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 mommy. Oh, no. Yeah, that's what I thought. Well, you guys didn't hear that. <laughs> I heard that. You are blissfully unawares. Would Anshi care to share with the group, perhaps? Cut to Caster 9 walking through the main party hall of Draka Keep. You are now being offered your second glass of champagne as you are walking towards the kitchen. Uh, sir, would you like a glass of champagne? Oh, no, thank you. Uh, I'm trying to find my friends. Well, okay, then. I'm going to keep <laughs> passing drinks. I don't drink until I'm near my friends. <laughs> <laughs> Caster9, as you are walking through uh, the main hall now of Jeronica Keep uh, towards the kitchen, you see a very fancy party going on. There are these tapestries hanging of the person of honor, Maddox Manticore. In the center of the room, there's a lot of a very big rowdy crowd as there is like a boxing ring set up and uh, two combatants are going at it and you see um, a, a spurt of blood go over the crowd and they all cheer. That's what's going on. Some people are drinking, some people are eating. There's a buffet table set up not too far from that uh, boxing rink area. And uh, you just keep walking towards the kitchens. Nobody's bothering you. Looking at this party, it reminds Caster of his times as a host on a luxury liner. He fantasizes about those days still. Minus the the blood sport 
you know, <laughs> happening in the background, you know. <laughs> that was not a feature on the ship. Um, but anyway, yeah, heading towards the kitchen. Okay. Back to the sewers. All right, so they were just uh, running away and praying to their mom. So uh, makes me think maybe there's a bigger crib who might be a little bit angry. And uh, since we have some uh, metallic friends with us, I think maybe we should uh, get moving. Thank you for that insight, Anshi. I think that you're right. We must be very careful, perhaps not to hurt any of the babies and maybe hope we can slide by the mama. Elaine says, never in a million years. Leela says, onwards. <laughs> Charles, from your databanks, you recover that a possible weakness for Kefex would be electricity. <laughs> Captain, they do have a weakness to electricity. Interesting. And Leela just like flexes her fingers and her gloves. <laughs> and they spark a little bit. Do we want to try and do the valve thing so that we might be able to have... Can I roll an engineering check to figure out what it does? Go for it. 26. 26. You believe that turning the valve will decrease the water level so that you can traverse normally through these sewers. Uh, Kilan, would you be so kind? Uh, sure. Kilan turns the valve. Ugh. What's Keelan's uh, strength score? Uh, it's enormous. So big, you don't even need to ask. It's an 11. That's fine. <laughs> Keelan, let me help you. Wait, what's Zemgov's? 18. Holy crap. There we go. I'll just loosen it and you can finish. Keelan starts to turn the valve in it and it's turning very slowly. Zemkov comes over and uh, just puts one hand on it and just pulls it a lot of the way. And you hear some um, doors in the distance close, some valves um, tighten and restrain themselves and the flowing water decreases. Upstairs on the third floor, someone just finished taking a poop. They go to flush the toilet to no avail. Cut back to the sewer. And you can now traverse uh, normally throughout the sewers. You have a path open to the left of you and a path opened in front of you. Zimkov, you look at your map with your survival check of 30 and you see that going to the left is going to land you in a dead end. Captain, uh, if, if I, I will lead. <laughs> Just ev everyone is doing great, but I feel like most of you did not grow up underground. Feel free to correct, but if it's all right. Please, Zemkov, we appreciate your expertise. We follow you. Hopefully everyone can keep up. I'm not going to run fast. I'm kidding. That'd be so dicky. Okay, so I use my map and my survival check to start walking. So I imagine there's still a stone roof. Oh, yes. So let's go ahead. I'm going to take... Zemkov's going to take his uh, his staff, his tactical pike, and just give the, the roof a few tentative pokes, like, in the grout. Mm -hmm. A couple pebbles. You know, fall, but it's Seems sturdy. sturdy. Yeah. Okay. That's going to hold. Um, then let's get on communicator and talk to Caster. Caster 9, are, are you in the basement? Have you found any, any way downstairs? Oh, I'm heading to the kitchen. I've just been kind of struggling through these crowds, but uh, I'm, oh, I'm all right. How are you? Oh, struggling? You mean they are attacking you? No, 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 no. It's just, it's, it's very crowded in here. Sorry, I didn't mean to uh, make you worried about me, but thank you for your concern. Wait, you're... You're moving through the party and no one has tried to kill you yet. No, I seem to fit in pretty well. Leela, what have we done wrong? Oh, Zemkov, it's a long story. <laughs> <laughs> many things. Okay, well, um, could I send you a, a ping over the communicator to help you, to help guide you through? I know the keep is a bit of a maze. Oh, please and thank you. <laughs> ping. <laughs> Ew. 
Ew. Ew. Why did you do it like that? I didn't make the technology. That's what it sounds like every time from now on. That is the factory standard pinging sound. Ping. Ping. Lonely Ping. person made that technology. Quinn, we're waiting for you. Uh, for, for what? Ping. <laughs> I'm not doing that. <laughs> I hope you never have to ping anybody. I hope you're never on the edge of a cliff being like, I can only hold on. If only I could ping. We'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Every bridge we cross, I push you off. You continue down this forward corridor. You are no longer restrained by the height of the water after turning the uh, little valve. And as the light from Anchi's dancing light uh, illuminates more of the corridor, you see a couple more crabs scurrying away. The uh, corridor opens up just a little bit. There's a small pool of water um, in front of you. There is a walkway on either side of this uh, small little opening. And the corridor then continues. After 30 feet, it uh, narrows again and keeps going. On the left side of this open area is looks like a, a small vaulted door. And you check your map, and Maka has marked this as the crew quarters. This is where the uh, employees for Jiraka keep. This is where they would live. Leela, do you have any grenades? I do. My, my idea was to go below the dungeon and then blow the roof in. And that would like be one fight. Because if we go through this door, I feel like we will have to deal with more of the staff of Jiraka Keep. I don't think any of the staff will be here in the sewers, but there are other threats that could lurk. It's true. Okay, do you want to try to sneak or do you want to try to blow up part of the floor? <laughs> <laughs> Saying it aloud, one answer seems better. <laughs> what would it take to get through this door? <gasps> Sorry, I said another idea. Go ahead. If I freeze stone, would it become more brittle? I would say yes. Brittle enough to break. Possibly. What, what have you got up your sleeve? I can freeze things with my breath. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can do a twofer. Okay, Leela, here's here's plan I have in case grenade does not work. I can use my infinite world's ability, make 10 foot radius of normally stone ceiling into something maybe like clay, soft, muddy, and then freeze it, it falls through, we enter as if we are a little cat burglar, and we do a circle with the claw on our nail in the glass, you know? Samkov, you amaze me. Uh, I love this plan. I just have a question, though. Please. Wouldn't it make a lot of noise to freeze it, and if it was clay, couldn't we just pull it down? This is why he we brings a good point. Yes, yes, it's yes, good. Yes, we we like need the... more than one voice in the room. Correct, correct. <laughs> Great, so let's go to where we think we are right below the cells, and then I will make clay. To get through this door, Leela, you think you could blast it open with a grenade, or you could uh, you check it, and it is uh, locked. You could try to uh, pick the lock. Why are we trying to go through the door? Faster. And we don't have to go through the main chamber, which is where I suspect Mama Crab is. Ah. The crew is probably all working in the party, too, so there's probably not anyone down here. Does anyone have, like, a detect life? Anything to see through this door? Detect magic. Would just perception be able to show us anything? With perception, you could probably like put your ear up to the door to see if you hear anything. But other than that, the door is locked. Right now, your two thoughts are to blast it open or to pick the lock. There could be other options. Those are the two that uh, pop into your mind immediately. What kind of check is um, picking the lock? It would be a sleight of hand. I think Lily can do it. She's got a pretty good sleight of hand. My vote is big crab. We can we can go big crab. My vote is big crab as opposed to just because I feel like if we go through and then one person alerts and then we have to deal with what's his face again, Lonak. But that's, I mean, there's, oh, there's an even number. That sucks. But <laughs> we can still vault. This may not be a route to go back directly. It may just be 
I don't know, a big pile of poo or a big pile of resources of some kind. Cut to Caster 9 is entering the kitchen. You walk through a uh, like a, a swinging door, and this kitchen is insane. People are, all the chefs are running around. There are waiters like, I need these. I need these appetizers right now, right now. Ding, 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 ding. Bell's going off. There is steam everywhere. You see uh, in the back on grills, there is flames going on. Not readily apparent to you how you might gain access to the sewers from uh, from this kitchen. Huh. Gee, anybody, do you know where the sewers are? Um, <laughs> <laughs> he can start acting like he worked there. Don't overcook that Usagi. Oh my God. I mean, I oh. could. <laughs> the Vasks thought it, I bro. was going to be contracted there, so I might as well. I might as well try. I'm going to just kind of pretend that I work there in the most caster-like, awkward way I can. Uh, you know, stiff upper lip, you know, straight back. Again, those shoulders are still rigid. And I'm going to just kind of sa- not sachet, but just sachet, you know, prom- uh, go, uh, you know, walk through the promenade, you know, casually just sort of inch my way closer around, probably around the perimeters of the, uh, I wonder if, I'm trying to think if there's any check I could do, like a, a perception maybe, just a regular perception check. Yeah, give me perception. Sure. That is a 19. Ooh. Ooh. On a 19, you see that one of the uh, dishwashers is collecting a lot of garbage bags and moving to um, a back corner of the kitchen. And if you're disposing of trash, there's a good place you could do it. I guess I'll take a little bit of trash myself if there's any. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of trash. Hold it just a little away from my suit, you know, <laughs> just like five feet away from, oh, five feet, geez. Um, just, just inches away from my, you know, like, oh, and then just kind of inch my way towards that area and follow that person. The kitchen itself is fairly clean, but as he walks into this next room, it is foul in Ooh. here. Like, this is where they put all the trash, all the leftover food is discarded here, and you watch as he puts on this, like, gas mask kind of thing, and he turns this valve that's sticking up out of the ground, and he opens up this hatch. You can uh, feel like a, a cool, like, feels like there's water coming from down there, and he throws a couple of the trash bags down into this hole, and then closes it again, and he uh, walks past you, and he says, if you want to throw some trash in there, you're going to have to open that hatch yourself. And he gives you the, the mask. Oh, uh, thank you, sir. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. He puts it on. And he's going to slowly pretend he's, like, gathering trash and just sort of looking over his shoulder, seeing if he's out of sight. Yep, no one seems to be paying any attention to you. They're way too busy trying to keep up with all of the uh, happenings going on at this party. Great, I'm going to yeet myself into that. (laughs) (laughs) Roll to yeet. Anyway. This is the first time I've ever heard an adult, uh, someone older than a third grader, say yeet. I did not say that I wasn't a third grader, so... (laughs) (laughs) All right, so uh, is, <laughs> do I successfully... Uh... Oh, you open up that hatch, you look down into what you could only be the sewers, and you see the two trash bags that were just plopped down uh, down in there. Great. Um, I'm going to sneak in. You drop down, and uh, you land on the trash. Uh, yeah, it's a little icky. And as you do, you feel movement. <laughs> underneath you and you watch as a couple of crabs skitter out uh, from underneath the trash bags and they're they're trying to get away from you and then you hear like a rumbling sound oh no i'll uh go on the comms guys do you hear that uh there's a rumbling and um i'm don't feel very safe cut back to the door of the crew's quarters what's what's going on over there i think lou's gonna pick it 
Okay, give me a sleight of hand check. 14. 14. What do you use to pick the lock on this door? Her pinky nail. All right, you take out your pinky nail. You put it into um, a small keyhole that's that's in this door, and you uh, finagle it a little bit. You hear a couple of clicks, and the door is open. What's on the other side, Justin? You open this door. You walk inside of these crew quarters, and in this the next small room, you see nothing but bunk beds side to side, wall to wall, in this very small space, like... 20 by 20 feet. It looks like they're trying to house every single butler and waitstaff that works at Jiraka Keep um, in here. In the sewers? Next to the sewers, Elaine. <laughs> there is no water uh, in this uh, in the crew quarters. Yeah, there's so it, no water. It seems that they've been able to uh, sequester themselves from uh, the happenings in the sewers. Oh, that smell, though. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Connected to this room where they sleep, uh, you, you see there's a, a very small hallway that leads to another room that um, seems to be illuminated by candlelight. Maybe they're doing a dark ritual. Um, are there extra uniforms lying around? You look around, and you don't find any. You remember that the butlers that were giving the tours were wearing nice tuxedos and suits, but you don't see any of those down here. There might be a locker room upstairs where everyone gets dressed. Is there any money in here? Probably not. Give me a perception roll, Keylon. Steal from the crew? Who else am I going to steal from? No one is an option. So 15. You walk into this next room, illuminated by the candlelight, and it looks like you've walked into a chapel-like area. Definitely looks like a place of worship. There is a a statue um, against a wall that has four outspread arms and looks like they've put a sheet around it to act as a little robe. They've also taken the head off of the statue and it's been replaced with a clay head that looks like the head of a Sheeran. Those of you who have any religious uh, teachings would recognize this head as the head of Hylax, which is a god of the Sheeran. At the base of this statue, you find what you were looking for, a small moldy shoebox that has uh, 31 credits in it. Mm. It had Kila, no. <laughs> put that back. We proceed uh, to the next. No. What? You cannot take this money. Why not? This is sacred. To who? To the Sheeran. The the, the 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 people who work here. Kilan, I promise you that we will pay you, and it is better not to leave any trace about passing. If all right, possible. all right. Get your panties out of a bunch. Just trying to make some money. Also, it's just not very nice, you know? All right, all right. You made your point, all right? Keelan, as you are uh, disgruntled in putting the credits back in the shoebox, you look up at the, the makeshift robe again, and there's something they're using to clasp the robe onto the statue that catches your eye. It is um, a little gold brooch. Ooh. And it has a green gem in the middle of it. It looks pretty cool. And he admired it and moved on with his day. <laughs> That's what we're hoping. <laughs> this is very hypocritical of the next Paul, if you ask me, but <laughs> Keelan's just going to look at it and think about taking it. and He's going to leave the money, but he's taking that. I'm going to go ahead and roll for perception. And Keelan, roll for sleight of hand. <laughs> sleight of hand is terrible. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> oh, it doesn't matter. I got a one. Oh, but no, it's not a thingy, so I can add, right? I got a two. Oh, my word. Oh, no. So I rolled a one for perception, but my perception is minus one. So I really got a zero. Oh, no. I got a negative three after rolling a two. 
I still lost. I win. Wow. Okay. So. That's so dumb. <laughs> A zero win. <laughs> Zemkov, you see the credits uh, go back into the shoebox. You're satisfied. I'm counting them. You turn around, but then you know, a little bit of doubt creeps into the back of your mind. You turn back around, and just like Abu reaching for the gem in the in the Cave of Wonders, you see Keelan reaching up for this golden clasp on this robe. No, Keelan. All right, all right. Walk all in right. front of me. Uh, enjoy the view. <laughs> is is Keelan in timeout? Fine, let's find this lizard fellow we're supposed to find anyway. Mm-hmm. Very naughty. You'll <laughs> make you. God mad. Then she'll make all your hair fall out. My beautiful hair is so long and luscious. Can we proceed in the north and or upwards direction? <laughs> Stealing brooches. It was a very good looking brooch. Let's not forget we're on a mission. Thank you, Anchi, for keeping us on task. We must proceed. Yeah, thanks, Anchi. You're welcome. Yeah. Cheers. So as you are starting to leave the crew's quarters to the north, opposite of where you came in, that's when you get the communique from Caster 9. Uh, hello, um, I hear some rumbling underneath me and I don't feel very safe. I, I went down the garbage chute, so I should be near you guys soon, but, uh, uh, I'm worried. Caster 9, where are you? I, I, I'm on a, a mountain of garbage. I just slipped down the garbage chute. It's very dark. Is it, uh... Dark or is it dim light? This is dim light. That dim light, in. great. So I can see perfectly well. Uh, what do I see? Is there anything? Uh, can I make a perception check? You don't have to. I don't have to? Uh, no. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Uh, mm. Oh, boy. You watch as a section of the floor um, starts to rise. And with your um, perfect vision in dim light, you can see there's a large centipede crab-like creature. And there are smaller crabs crawling all over its body. And it looks at you. And a low growl comes from its split maw under its bright blue eyes. He's going to put his hands up here. Nice, nice buggy. Nice. It has these big pincers. Clack, clack. Um, Clack, clack. Please don't hurt me. I'm nice. I'm really nice. I'm just passing through. And it starts to, it gets taller and taller. No. It arches its back looking at you and the pile of garbage that you're on. And everyone can hear this happening over the communicator. We're coming to help you, Castle 9. Quickly, everyone. Thank you. Can I draw my sonic pistol in a... Absolutely. Go for it. Not to shoot it, but like just to like be like, listen, I'm not here to fight you. I just want to leave. And I'm inching back. You pull out the pistol. As you do, one of the little crabs crawls up onto your arm and then to the end of your arm where you're holding the pistol and it tr- looks like it's trying to take bites out of your sonic pistol. Hey! Stop oh, it! Oh, because it's metal. Mm. And you swat it away. Well, we're bringing a lot of metal to it. <laughs> mm. <laughs> uh, wow. P- perhaps maybe we shouldn't go. <laughs> uh, we, we still have a mission like the little plant lady said. And, you know, this could make a lot of noise and we don't really want a lot of noise. Justin, is the other door locked? Oh, you're able to open it from the side that you're on. Yeah, as soon as uh, Caster 9 is communicating, Charles is going to go through that door. I thought he couldn't do anything on his own. Mm. Mm. Well. Okay, so Charles barrels through the door and finds himself in this open area of the sewers. Not the trash room. <laughs> Not the trash room. I just thought maybe it would be the trash no. room. <laughs> And we'd be right there. So you, you walk into the, to this room that's roughly 65 feet by 30 feet. 
And this room is made up of little islands of ground, that makes sense. There's a lot of small waterways separating the floor uh, panels from each other. And in the distance, you can see and hear the low rumbling that Castor 9 was talking about over the communicator. And you see this large uh, carapace of a, uh, a big centipede slash crab-like creature. So Charles is in the room with all the little canals, and that's also what the trash room is. You're in a big 60-foot by 30-foot room. Okay. There's a small hallway that then leads to the trash room off to the left from the crew quarters. Crew quarters is a little room. Uh You walk through a door, big Mm -hmm. canal room. You walk through a small hallway on the left leads to the trash room. Mm -hmm. At the end, left end of this big... Right, 65 feet away. Yep, yep, yep. And at this point, I need everybody to roll initiative. All right. Yep, that was coming. Blessed be... As soon as the target locks onto the asteroid, I fire the missile. Okay, at the last moment, you launch your ship's last missile, and it's a direct hit. Yes! Thank God. The asteroid explodes into a thousand pieces of harmless space rock. (sighs) For a second, I thought we were all dead. Don't jinx it, it's not over. Just then, creeping through the dirt and debris of the decimated asteroid, you finally get your first look at the villain's vessel that's been hunting you for the past 72 hours. (gasps) The Crimson Cerberus the flagship of the evil Emperor Thanatos. Uh, that's Thomas the Tank Engine. I'm sorry, oh, we're supposed to be afraid of that? Okay, yes, it's actually a Thomas the Tank Engine toy, but it's all I had, so we're going to pretend that it's the Crimson Cerberus. Yeah, but it's so oh. cute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's gonna come at us like, I'm gonna kill you. I think I can, I think I can. <laughs> <laughs> You're terrible. Having your big bad evil guy reveal flop because of a toy you found lying around at the last minute isn't fun. Scrap Brain Studios is here to make sure that this never happens at your table ever again. Scrap Brain has a variety of beautiful starship designs that are perfect for that next villain or ally in your campaign. And right now, Scrap Brain is offering 10% off to our listeners. Just use the offer code TABLEVERSE at checkout to receive your discount. And please, no more last-minute replacements. Go to ScrapBrainStudios.com and pick up a stunning new starship today. Eight, 18. <laughs> oh, that's not terrible. Yeah, it? I don't want to go first. Oh, <laughs> that sounds great. I, I forgot about my bonus. So 20, actually. 21. 15. Zimkov got an 8. Leela? 11. Caster 9? 15. Alright, up first in the initiative order is Charles. Are there enemies in the big long room that Charles is in? Not that Charles has seen so far. Oh gosh, that sounds like a maybe. What's the distance between me and that other room? 60 feet. You have 60 feet to the next room. And the door is closed in between the two rooms? Door is not closed, there's an open hallway. Okay. Oh, that's how we hear the rumbling. Mm. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Can Charles see the creature from where he is? Charles can see the creature from where he is. Okay. The creature itself is 70 feet away. I'll move the 30 feet, and then I'll fire at the creature. Use electricity if you can, mate. Calculating. Uh, Charles will pull out a grenade. There's a, a compartment on their thigh. They pull out a grenade, 
and throw it right at the steps that are five feet apart from the main mother. So I just want to confirm if I'm throwing the grenade, it's got a 15 foot radius on its explosion. That's not going to hit Caster, right? If you're throwing it on the stairs itself, it will will not hit Caster, but it will also not hit the two smaller crabs. But it'll hit the mother. It'll hit the mommy. Okay, because I don't think there's there's another place I could throw it where it won't hit Caster. Great, give me an attack roll. Using your strength modifier for that thrown weapon. Ooh. Mm. That's an eight altogether. An eight will hit. Hey. Because the DC to hit a square is five. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> it's grenades don't require a lot of aiming, turns out. Uh, how much damage is this grenade going to do? It's a shock grenade. Ooh. That is uh, three points of electrical damage. Caster nine sees as Charles runs forward, or at least, you know, takes large strides forward, 30 feet, takes a grenade off of his hip, and then tosses it. It flashes with a blue light, and then this electrical energy uh, reaches out. Uh, It just misses the two smaller crabs that are at the entrance right there in the garbage room, but it does strike the big mama crab in the back, and you get a front row seat, Caster 9, as it and then turns around to face Charles. Charles, me handsome. It's good to see you. (laughs) After Charles is Anchi. So Anchi's going to go into the room. Hmm. So I'm like 25 feet behind Charles directly. Three, four, yes. Which puts me like 60 feet from the mama, basically. Is that correct? Like 65 feet. Perfect. Okay. <laughs> Charles is directly in the path between Anchi and the monster. But that's okay because Anchi is, as we know, tiny. So <laughs> Anchi is going to take out her, her static arc pistol and she's going to shoot at the monster through underneath Charles's legs. Go for it. Give me an attack roll. It's a 17. A 17 versus Mama Crab's EAC will hit. Give me that damage. That is a 5. A 5. Anchi rushes into this large open uh, room. Can see between Charles' legs this Mama Crab pulls out her arc pistol, fires it directly between Charles' legs and hits Mama Crab in the chest, exploding again with electrical energy, which comes off of her and sparks against the walls and whatnot, and she growls again. After Anchi is Mama Crab, Mama Crab moves out of the garbage room towards Charles. She is pissed. Not everyone likes a glow up. (laughs) Okay. I'll allow it. (laughs) She moves her full movement towards Charles, but is still not able to reach him. Ah, slow ass mother crab. (laughs) She raises up, puffs her chest out a little bit, and uh, Charles, to you, it looks like she's like sucking in air. And then she like lurches over and violently vomits in front of you. And four little baby crabs come out of her mouth and surround you, Charles. That's not fair. (laughs) Gross. They're just living fully formed inside of her. That's not how birth takes place. Or we attacked a pregnant woman. Not a woman. Birth by vomiting? I'm from like a rock savaged by kaiju, and you have an incinerator for a tummy. You know, I don't know if we're. Charles, these small baby Kefix start to crawl over your body, and they're going to take some attacks on you. 
Your names are Shirley, Nestor, Bailey, and Ryan. <laughs> the first one is an 11 to hit your KAC. No. Second one is a 20. Yes. That one was a 9. And then a 14. So only the 20 hits. Yeah, way to go, Nestor. Ah. Stop cheering on the crab babies. <laughs> so they are swarming all over you. They're uh, trying to take bites out of what's left of your uh, your body. Only one of them gets through and does one point of slashing damage <laughs> to Charles. Represent, uh. Nestor. Way to go. Caster 9, you're in a different situation. Uh, two of the crabs in the garbage room, they start to swarm all over your body, and they're going to take some lashes at you. No, 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 no. Stop. No, no, no. One of them gets a crit fail. Yes. It pinches itself. And the second one rolls an eight to hit your KAC. That doesn't hit. Woo. Woo. Safe. Third crab sees the failure of his brothers. <laughs> and comes at you with a 22. Oh. Does a 22 hit your KAC? Yes, it do. That one leaps onto your shoulder, takes a bite out of it, and does six points of slashing damage. Oh! The other two remaining baby crabs that are in the garbage room, they make their way out into the larger room to follow their mama. After Mama Crab is Caster 9. Uh, let me take a look at the map quickly. So if I moved away from these crabs, would that provoke uh, an attack of opportunity? It would, unless it was a guarded step. Gotcha. Can I make two tumble checks to see if I can avoid those using acrobatics? Let's go for it. Let's go for it. All right. So that's a 10 and a 21. You don't avoid the first one. Naturally. The second one you do. So one of the baby crabs is going to take a swipe at you. Comes at you with a 13 to hit your KAC. Does not hit. Does not hit, they miss, and the second one follows suit and also misses as you are able to brush both of them off of your body. Great. I'm going to move 20 feet to the stairs, and I have my own shot grenade, so I'm going to toss that right where I used to be. (laughs) Go for it. Give me an attack roll with that strength modifier for the thrown weapon. You got it. Oh, no. Oh, that's a five. That's a five total. That's a five. That's enough to hit that oh, square. Hey. That was literally a two, and I have a plus three B-A-B. Oh. That is a four. A four. You throw this shot grenade where you were just sitting. It explodes in the middle of the trash room, and three arcs jump out and zap all three of these crabs, dealing Four damage to them, they are cooked. They are incinerated. Their carapace turns from a bright red to a uh, dark charcoal color, and they fall lifeless into the trash. And as I'm throwing this, I'm literally saying, sorry! (laughs) (laughs) After Caster 9 is Keelan. Okay, so Keelan's going to move up the hallway towards where Anchi is. That should be far enough away or close enough for me to use my cannon, right? So I want to use, spend the resolve point to use the Sodom's Wrath. I've been wanting to see how this works. That is a 17. 17. Where are you aiming? I think nothing lives without a head, so I'm going to aim for its ugly head. Okay. Oh, baby. Bertha in action. A 17. We'll hit Mama Crab's KAC. Yay. Give me a damage roll. It's just two. (laughs) (laughs) So upset about that roll. Okay, and it's just regular uh, fire damage? Electricity and fire. Keylon launches a grenade from Bertha. 
It travels towards Mama Crab, hits her right in the face, and explodes. Shrapnel goes in every direction, hitting two of the baby crabs that she just vomited and are currently crawling on Charles, doing six points of electrical and fire damage. Mama Crab shrieks again. The two crabs that are on Charles are incinerated, just like their brothers in the garbage room, and they fall off of Charles. We you doggy? That's his battle cry. <laughs> Woo doggy. Woo doggy. After Keelan is Leela. Okay, with speed suspension, Leela can get up to one of the crabs surrounding Charles, which she will do. And she's going to use her spark gloves to punch it. 15. A 15 will hit this baby crab's KAC. Uh, six. You run out of the cruise quarters and towards this crab that is crawling all over Charles. You punch it, and your fist goes right through its armor. Its guts go flying everywhere. You've destroyed this baby crab. It made a mess. Eat it. <laughs> After Leela is Zimkov. Zimkov has a range of 60. I think it now he can probably make it behind the crab. Like the big mama, he wants to like super dash past it. The speedy little guy. Yeah. You're between two babies and the mama, just so you know. Thank you. And then I'm going to use my tactical pike. Just ram that sucker right in the mama. Okay. Okay, so I'm aiming for the like the leg joint of one of its back flipper legs. <gasps> Cripple that mama. That will be a 10. You thrust your pike towards the mama's back and it, it slips right off the edge. Like, of her carapace. Yeah. Uh, just like when you go to hit, you know, the, the pool cue and you just yeah, barely miss exactly. it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that was Zemkov's turn after Zemkov is Charles. Charles, you have one baby crab still crawling all over you. Mama crab is in front of you. What would you like to do? Uh, Charles uh, looks at the baby crab. A kind of baton-looking thing shoots out of their uh, their forearm. And they, they hold it, and they just jab the baby crab with it. It's a syringe stick. Oh, what does that do? Let's see what it does. That's a 13. 13 versus KAC. KAC, yeah. Will hit. One plus five, six damage. You plunge the syringe into one of the eyes of this baby crab, and it goes straight through the brain and out the back of its head, and then it slides off the syringe dead at your feet. Would you like to move at all? No, no. Charles just looks at the baby crab as it falls down and then just looks up at the mama, and that's it. Okay, after Charles, we have Onchi. Onchi, you can see that the baby crabs are disappearing at a very quick pace, and mama crab has sustained a lot of damage, you can tell, as part of her um, chitin is like starting to crack. No, I know. I'm just trying to evaluate how I can do what I want to do without hurting any of the crew because people are very close to the mama. I think this will work. Okay. So I'm going to join Charles on his square. I'm going to get up on his shoulders, as is my go-to move, it seems. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And then Anchi is going to cast Energy Ray uh, with electric damage towards the mama. So that's a nine. You reach out and you cast Energy Ray at Mama Crab and... It misses. It bounces right off of her red exoskeleton armor and has no effect. After Anchi is Mama Crab. Mama Crab turns around 
and looks at you, Zemkov. <laughs> see the alpha, take out the top dog, see what's up. <laughs> okay. And she is not happy. Good. I'm allergic to shellfish. <laughs> There's no oceans on Demai. As she's looking at you, you can feel a slight tugging on your back as two of the baby crabs jump onto your back. Yeah. And they are going to take some snips at you with their pincers. Oh, you snip. First one is an 11 to your KAC. Yeah. And the second one is a 13 to your KAC. Gilch, like air against me. So you're able to dodge those pretty easily. And then Mama Crab is going to come down on you. Bring it, you big red (laughs) so-and-so. That's the worst insult Zemkov could come up with. Yeah. (laughs) That's like big for him. (laughs) She comes down at you with one of her large pincers and has a 15 to hit your KAC. Yeah. Dodged. Dodged. Nice. She comes at you with the other pincer. Is she, she's like trying to hit me and I'm like at her butt. I feel like it's like I don't want a little kid or something's trying to climb on you and you're like, get off. She comes at you with her other pincer and that is a 21. Yeah. Oof. I think right on the shoulder probably. She gets you really hard. She <clears throat> clamps you with her pincers and she does <clears throat> nine points of slashing damage. Yeah. It's going to bruise. That is Mama Crab's turn, which brings us to Caster 9. All right, I got my sonic pistol. I'm going to spend my entire action to do a full attack, so two attacks at minus four for each one. Go for it. Give me those rolls. Get those baby crabs out of here. Oh, sorry, that's 12. Seven. The first shot hits. Give me a damage for that one, and the second one misses. Of course. The first one you see as it crawls up onto Zimkov's shoulder, and you think, perfect, and you shoot it. The other one is... uh, Ah! is in the middle of his back. You second guess yourself. Maybe I shouldn't try to shoot my teammate in the back. Let's not risk it. Eight. As you shoot the one on his shoulder, it goes flying across the room and falls motionless. It is dead. Woo! Bullseye. (laughs) Got a little bit of the meat in my mouth. Oh, do you have an EpiPen? (laughs) Oh, I said I was allergic. Yeah. (laughs) I really... I have no idea. I've never seen an ocean or a large body of water that wasn't like an underground spring. Poor thing. Okay. All the oceans are dry. After Caster 9 is Keelon. Keelon's going to do another hit with the cannon. Go for it, Keelon. That's 16. 16 will hit that square. Give me a damage roll. 7. 7. And you're aiming for Mama Crab's face again? Yeah, why not? Take it in the face. <laughs> you fire another grenade. Hits Mama in the face and explodes. Shrapnel goes in every direction, and she takes seven points of damage. Zemkov. I'm in the blast radius. You are in the blast radius. You also take seven points (gasps) of electrical and fire damage. I had no idea. Yeah. I say say I'm sorry. And everyone can see as uh, little bits of Mama Crab's exoskeleton shatter and go flying. Just little, uh, little pieces. But she's still standing? She is still standing. Dang it. But she's bleeding a little bit from the face. Get away from them, you bitch. After Keelan is Leela. Uh, Leela's going to run right up to the monster and slam both of her fists into the top of her head. Like in a jump, I'm picturing. That's cool. Thank you. Uh, it's a 10. Ooh, it'll hit, right? 
Mama Crab is in total defense mode right now. Several of her children have been slain. She is bleeding from the face. She sees this android come up to her and try to hit her with her sparky gauntlets, and she's not having it. She moves right out of the way as her centipede-like body wriggles so that you miss her with your melee attack. And after Leela is Zemkov. Zemkov, you still have one baby crab on you, and Mama Crab is in front of you, facing away from you. Am I within touching distance of Leela? No, you are not. In between you is Mama Crab. Sorry, then. It's you, Mama Crab, and then Leela. I'm going to go again with my tactical pike, try to hit that joint. Six, eleven. Eleven. The same thing happens again. It glances right off of the back of her armor. Gosh darn it. Then I'm going to... um, Yeah, let's see if this works. I'm going to take my one hand and reach on my back and touch the little baby crab and cast Baleful Polymorph on it. Okay, what does that do? Twist the bones and bend the back. It lasts one minute per level and shrinks and makes the creature more animalistic. Like mechanically, it's minus one to AC attack rolls, melee damage rolls, reflex saves, strength and dex checks, skill checks. It's like a lot, but really just makes it small and like even more easier to kill now. Is there any kind of save for that? A will save negates. That is definitely gonna fail. They rolled a two on the die. You touch it and magic surges through your and hand the and the baby crab shrinks even smaller than it already was i flick it off that part doesn't happen yeah <laughs> <laughs> worth a shot kids always shoot after zemkov we are back to charles uh charles uh raises up a pistol puts a single uh needle into it and fires it at the mama crab give me an attack roll for that 14 Ks. You fire the needle, and Mama Crab easily deflects it with her large pincer arm. She is getting PO'd. Eventually, we'll like scratch enough little gouges into her. Eventually. <laughs> Charles, would you like to move it all? No. Okay. <laughs> After Charles is Onchi. I'm going to move a little bit so that I'm not in this direct line of friends and foes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so I'm basically like perpendicular to the mama crab, mm-hmm. a little bit outside the fray. And um, since my energy raid was not as successful as I wanted it to be, I'm going to go for my static pistol again and just fire right at her. Go for it. That is a 18. You pull out your static arc pistol and you fire it. And it does make contact with Mama Crab. Give me a damage roll. Oh, big money, no whammies. <laughs> four? <laughs> it does four electrical damage to Mama Crab. You see as another piece of her armor sparks off and falls to the floor, but she is still standing. Damn it, she damn it. is bleeding even more from the face and now from the side. She does not look very good, but uh. she is still standing. I loosened it. <laughs> I loosened it. After Anchi is Mama Crab. She finds herself in a dire situation. She's going to swipe at Leela with one of her pincers. And that is a natural 20. Oh, man. Leela. Oh, no. Never mind. (laughs) Leela, you take 13 points of slashing damage as Mama Crab gets like a good part of your torso and your left arm in between her pincer. Then Mama Crab turns around and looks at you, Zemkov, and she's going to take a swipe at you. You bring it, you big marvel of nature. (laughs) That is an 18 to hit your KAC. Yeah. 
she also gets a big chunk of Zimkov for five points of slashing damage. My stamina was pretty low, can't remember why. <laughs> you do have some healing. I do. I think after we kill the crab, which is optimistic, I understand well, one of them called straight. She won't go down. And the baby crab digs in <gasps> to your back with a 22 to hit your KC. Even itty bitty. Even itty bitty. Well, that seems awful high. (laughs) (laughs) How much damage does it do? Six points of slashing damage. Oh my word, this little one? This little one. Why don't you flick at me when you threw a grenade at me, Quentin? That was a slash. And it was not a grenade, it was shrapnel. (laughs) (laughs) After Mama Crab is Caster 9. Caster 9 Zemkov still has one very tiny baby crab on him. A little bit disappointed in my spell here. (laughs) So I'm gonna aim for that little crab. I'm going to use my move action to do combat tracking, uh, which allows me to apply my mechanic level to my attack bonus rather than my base attack bonus. Ooh! So my eye is going to glow yellow, my glassy eye. You know that that picture of that blonde lady with the the math in front of her? Like yes, I see yes, all those yes, tra- yes. The trajectories and like the <laughs> angles and all the numbers, just everything in front of me. And I'm going to use my sonic pistol again. Get the dwarf! Get the dwarf! I'm trying to hold still, please. It's like I'm trying to reach my back, but my arms are too big and I can't. Well, especially now that the crab is much smaller, Right, too. I'm like, this is backfire. <laughs> oh, no. No, that's a, that's a good face. Oh, great. I'm, I'm surprised that I rolled that. I didn't even need to do combat tracking. All right, it was a 26. Wow. Well, you might be surprised to hear that a 26 after Baleful Polymorph does hit <laughs> this, <laughs> this baby crab. Yeah. Uh, roll me some damage there, Caster 9. Amazing. Six. Where before you hesitated to fire towards the back of your comrade, now you think, hmm, let's give it a shot. Can't get worse. Can't, it can't get worse than this. You shoot that baby crab and nothing else, and it falls to the ground dead. Nice. I feel like a wet spot. <laughs> did you get it? Where did it go? I certainly did. I feel it. No. What is that? That is the last of the baby crabs. And after Caster 9 is Keelan. Keelan, Mama Crab is the only threat left in the room that you can see. What would you like to do? I'd like to shoot her in the face again. No, there are many of us in proximity now. Should I just yell? (laughs) Do what you must, man. Okay, uh, maybe if I aim somewhere else. Um, You only have a gun that attacks an area? Yeah. Oh. That's Big Bertha for you. I have a star knife. Oh, maybe, you know, get up close like you did and get messed up. Maybe you could throw a star knife. Well, that's true. I could throw the star knife. They have a knife. range of 20 feet. Eh, I don't feel like it'll do as much damage, but you know what? Because you're asking me to and because you all are already damaged, I'll throw the star knife. Did you say you're going to throw the star knife? <laughs> I'm going to throw the cannon. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, God. <laughs> just use the cannon as like a blunt, like a ha. I don't know. Would the star knife be more effective than hitting this thing with a blunt object? Usually, unless the weapon itself says so, you cannot use a ranged weapon as a uh, bludgeoning object. Well, now we know that. I really want to shoot, though. Well, then shoot. Do what you think is better for the team. I think it's better for the team for you all not to get any more injuries. So I'm going to throw the knife. What's it to me? I'm far away to five but I, I get like a thing right i get like a bonus so so plus one which is six to hit so it hits no two hit two hit that's your six for the attack roll yeah yeah okay so you take the knife out you throw it towards mama crab and it bounces off of her stomach 
does no damage, and your knife falls to the ground under Mama Crab. I can't even get my knife back. Well, you can. You just have to get closer. No, I'm good. <laughs> Keelan, would you like to move at all? No. All right. After Keelan is Leela. Leela would like to uppercut this Mama Crab. Go for it. Give me an attack roll. 14. Versus KAC. While you are sandwiching Mama Crab with Zemkov, gives you a plus two, which turns into a 16, which is just enough to hit Mama Crab with an uppercut. Elaine wipes sweat from her brow. (laughs) How much damage is that going to do? One plus four. One plus four. Leela, describe to me how Mama Crab dies. Uh. Yes! Okay. Leela gathers her fingers into a fist as the sparks run up and down her glove in slow motion as the camera (laughs) slows down. She undercuts the bloody uh, centipede crab thing, uh, hitting it in the jaw. Its uh, face explodes outward, and poor Zemkov is showered in a rain of crab guts. Yeah, and crab guts get on the ceiling, too. (laughs) Crab guts everywhere. Not the ceiling! And Mama Crab falls on her side. Woo! Dead. Bam, the bitch went down. We did it. (laughs) (laughs) I always prefer the raw bar. I think everybody's like panting and looking around at each other. And it's like, this was a successful first mission, crew. I'm very proud to consider myself your acting captain. Anybody seen my knife? (laughs) Let's look for his knife. Oh, here it is, by the liver. Thank you, I appreciate it. (laughs) Sort of hand it to you. Just so greasy and gross. Gracias. De nada. (laughs) <laughs> Might want to give it a rinse. <laughs> Dana. For this battle, everyone gets 336 experience points. Whoa! For defeating Mama Crab and her babies. For destroying a family. Oh my god. <laughs> 336, you said? That is correct. Very specific number. Well, that's what it comes down to when it's all uh, divided. Oh, yeah, divided. As Mama Crab falls to the ground, you all take a breath collect yourselves and you hear Anchi can hear it more clearly than anyone Anchi behind you there is a a small cobblestone hallway and you hear voices coming from that direction yep seems we have company what kind of company Anchi can you tell Anchi give me a perception roll alright don't get your hopes up it's an 8 You definitely hear voices. You're not entirely convinced that they're in the sewer. Oh. Anyone who wants to can do a perception after they hear that there are voices being heard. 18. 16. 20. All of you can hear that there must be a conversation happening a level above the sewers. Right now all you hear are murmurs. Lilo, with a 20, you can make out two distinct voices. But I can't hear what they're talking about. Can't hear what they're talking about without getting closer. Can Leela, like, sneak over to a vent or something that would provide better listening? Give me a stealth check. Connor. Mm-hmm. Does Zemkov have any markers to indicate his military background? I don't understand the question. He said he was a soldier at one point, so does he have, like, any um, ranking insignia or anything? Oh, um, he has his Demai armor, which, like you get when you graduate and then his headband is like a signifier of the city he's from 
So nothing to indicate military background. No, because of um, like he didn't go up in career military. If you were on Demai, you'd be like, oh, that's a soldier because he's wearing the armor. Gotcha. But here it feels more commonplace, maybe. Okay. I think the equivalent to like the real world, real world pardon would be like someone wearing fatigues. You're like, oh, they're in the they're in the armed forces. Gotcha. Leela rolled a twenty. Leela slinks up to the opening of this hallway, and you can see that there's a small grate on the uh, on the ceiling, and through this grate. You can see a room, dark, one light, there, there's a candle, and you see, standing against a wall, the form of Lanok Manticore. <laughs> and you hear him say to a figure in the room wearing a green cloak, Thank you for coming on such short notice. And this person removes their hood You've never met this person. That's good. But wearing light green dragon scale armor is a Lashanta that you recognize from pictures that Janice has shown you. You see in this room talking to Lanak Manticore, Celia (gasps) Ambra. And that's where we're going to end this episode. Well, well, well. Crap on a stick! Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Tableverse Podcast. The crew of the Terrapin will return next week. If you like this episode, please consider giving us a review and rating on iTunes. That would really help other amazing people such as yourself to find the show. If you'd like to keep up with us between episodes, you can find us across all social media platforms at the Tableverse. The podcast is edited by myself. Quib is played by Allison Klemp. You can find her at Allison Klemp. Powell is played by Connor Gallagher. You can find him at Connor Said What? Kobach is played by Quentin Lamar. You can find him at Quentin Lamar. Captain Eustace Kriana is played by Jeffrey Duke. You can find him at Jeffrey Duke. Original music for the Tableverse podcast was composed by Jennifer Rokamp. You can find her at jenniferrokamp.com. Original artwork for the Tableverse podcast was illustrated by Liara K. Crane. You can find her at liarakcrane.co.uk. Until next time, remember, it is not in the stars to hold our destiny. It is in ourselves. I hate Justin so much. So much.